Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Blessed Christmas tide to you. My friends, um, we celebrate Christmas. We continue celebrating Christmas for Christians, and particularly the Roman Catholic Church. Christmas is not just one day. And we celebrate it with great solemnity for eight days, the octave, which we're still in. And then it continues on uh, until the epiphany. Uh, so uh, you still have time to exchange gifts. And uh, my friends, um, last night, I, uh, the opening prayer for the, this Feast of the Holy Family uh, suggests something to us and gives thanks to God for giving the Holy Family an example to us. So last night, part A of the homily, uh, today is part B, I spoke with them about uh, how is it then that the church would put forth this family that has two saints and the Son of God in it as the ideal for you? And is it too much? And so I went on to show how we don't call them the perfect family. We call them the holy family. And why would we, why would we say that? And the perfection that they do have is in that great act of charity and love for each other. So as we continue then uh, with this feast of the holy family, uh, it does ask us to reflect on our own families and our own relationships. And one must reflect on why God the Father sent his only begotten son into our world, not as an adult, but rather as a baby and in need of a family. Jesus' first experience of humanity uh, thus does not happen in solitude or isolation. Um, I recall Adam in the Garden of Eden. He is alone. Rather, the Word incarnate encounters our world, and it occurs within the embrace of his particular human family. The Church has this feast, then, of the Holy Family today to emphasize the function of the family in our own human development and growth, to stress the role of the Holy Family in deepening our relationship with God and to remind us how the Holy Family serves then as an enduring icon of that external exchange of love which is known as the Blessed Trinity. They, that is also a family. My friends, the Catholic Church teaches the domestic church, meaning the family, the nuclear family, uh, is to be a community of faith and hope and charity. And this teaches and infers and begins to season the children who will then go out eventually and do the same. So my friends, this unity of the traditional family stands as a standard for the unity of all life. The nuclear family becomes that salve for society. The gospel illustrates the Holy Family doing three things that manifest their holiness and that invite us to imitate, if you will, to become like. The gospel presents first them worshiping in temple. They went to church. As their customs and their traditions dictated, the Holy Family did not exempt themselves from this. They immersed themselves in it. The life of the Holy Family is formed by devout faith, marked by prayer and by sacrifice. And you only have to read the scriptures to see what that sacrifice is. I went through a litany of it last night with folks. Their communal act of faith reveals how we come to discover our true human dignity. 
and worth in the practice and sacrifices in the family uh, and in their faith practices. The piety, the piety of the child demonstrates towards his parents becomes like a foundation for a lifetime of reverence towards God. So that first reading, as well as the second, has all the virtues put into place that should be in our families. In the same way, children who witness their parents worshiping God become blessed to understand and believe the truth of God's love for them. And I know sometimes in the beginning it may not seem that way, Mom and Dad, because I know you come and talk to me. I don't know what I did wrong. Well, when you went home after church, did you speak ill of the priest? Did you speak ill of the music? Were you gossiping and being a hypocrite? No, Father. Well, then you didn't do anything wrong. If you did those things, you have no wonder why your children run the opposite way. So calls to mind, what are you doing or not doing? So my friends, when the children see their parents worshiping and not with anger and feeling burdened and put upon, but with great joy, they pick up on this and they begin to understand it. I suspect children identify the way God loves them with uh, that love they experience from their parents. The second piece to this, we see the Holy Family together accepting suffering in their life. There is sacrifice across the board, and particularly with faith. Trust and commitment and selflessness and confidence uh, all of these things are exhibited in the family. The parents share this with the children. They begin to pick up on this and understand this and emulate it. And this fills them then with confidence and the insurance and the strength that they need God. And that God is a loving God. What is it that we teach our children about God? If you teach that he is wrathful and vengeful, they are going to be fearful if you teach them that he is loving and feel compassion and very interesting and a God of surprises, which he is, they'll be intrigued by this. The peace of a family provides the profound understanding then that we need to see how God is. And my friends, uh, the security of the family equips the children, and each other to confront and overcome the insecurities that they find in life. The third piece, the Holy Family's love of and for each other was not exclusively inward, only for themselves. Rather, it reached out to others, to their kinfolk, to neighbors. It reaches out into the world, and as the gospel shows, beginning with the prophetess Anna, who gave thanks to God and spoke of the child to everyone she met. She evangelized. Anyone that she ran into, she would talk to about this. If she lived today, she would be at Costco. She'd be in the parking lot of Safeway. 
Good morning. How are you? Merry Christmas. By the way, it would just be natural. Just as the love of the Holy Family transformed all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem, as the scriptures tell us, so too does the charity and the outreach of every family rooted in Christ build up and go out perfecting human society. The goodness experienced within the family achieves its perfection as it is in its zealous and generosity directed toward the common good of all people. The model of the Holy Family assures us that every Christian family is that community and place of grace where we too can grow in love and charity and forgiveness and compassion, strength and wisdom. And so it must be then that as we enter into the faith and hope and love of the Holy Family, we come to share more deeply and understand even more the holiness of the Blessed Trinity. So my friends, on this uh, Feast of the Holy Family, we are to lift up our families to the Lord in prayer, asking for healing and grace and strength, because family life is not easy today. It's challenging. The Feast of the Holy Family is a chance not simply to reflect on family life in general, but to make a decision about how each of us are going to strengthen and uphold the family in this coming year. And that includes Mother Church. She must do everything she can to support and uphold the family. And then I take that principle of family and apply it to this family, the parish is a family. So all those things that I'm talking about should be found in a parish also, inside the church. How is it that we make a stronger bridge that connects to generations through faith and prayer and solid traditions? How to make it a more effective place of deep faith and how we make it a vital and living and tangible part of the mystical body of Christ? here in the church and in our society. Thus the family is a vital for our well-being as individuals and the well-being of society as a whole. It is the family and in that environment that we acquire the skills of relationships where we develop a right sense of morality. If you're waiting for the government to teach you morality, whew, brothers and sisters, come on now. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Next to faith of all the influences upon us, the family is by far the most powerful. Its effects stay with the person a lifetime. And so my friends, speaking of that, uh, here in our parish, then for this family, in order to build it up and help build it up, help keep going, uh, we have different programs. And uh, we have what we understand as faith formation programs. Uh, and that starts with the children, for sure. But we also have those type of ministries for adults, too. And coming very, very quickly will be the Rescue Project. And this is a seven-week journey. Now, last night I was using a lot of humor, and I said, it begins with a meal, and then we move into scriptures, and they're sharing, and this is to help with this understanding of discipleship, not just for yourself, but yes, to increase that, but that you'll take it to others. 
And I said, so we'll begin with dinner. And I said, Jesus ate good food with bad people. And they were just like, not sure how to take that. <laughs> and I said, it's a joke. I said, he did, but I'm not referring to you as bad people. I'm just joking with you. Uh, but we'll, this will happen, and we have a table, and I think, um, Ms. Taylor, are you? There you are. Ms. Taylor will be outside. She'll be manning the table. If you have some questions, she'll be able to answer. But the table really there is to get you signed up. The questions will be answered at the project for you. And other things coming down the road, uh, and there's other, you know, for those who are savvy with apps and stuff, there's a Hello app that helps you. And uh, there's other apps for prayer. And uh, um, what I don't suggest is that you ask Alexa, Alexa, can you give me a chorus on morality? <laughs> I told the folks last night, uh, I said, I asked Alexa if she loved me, and there was silence. So she's getting unplugged. <laughs> I did ask, uh, are we friends? And that was an affirmative answer. I was testing to see. Uh, and I brought that up because um, when I look at Anna and Simeon, and I told the folks last night, every parish that I've ever been in, there have been the symbol in a human person of Anna and Simeon. Every parish I went to, there was an Anna and a Simeon for that community. And one of the things that they represent are the elderly, filled with wisdom, meaning grandparents. We have grandparents. I'm not saying you don't need Alexa, but I am saying you need the wisdom that comes from grandparents, their experience, their understanding. And the one thing that Alexa could not do when I said, do you love me? She was silent because she cannot do that. She could explain love, perhaps, if I ask a definition. But grandparents are just embodied it and they exude it and they give it to you, love. So let us not forget about our grandparents. Simeon and Anna, they represent them also. Great wisdom, great love, and they're there, and they make good babysitters, don't they? Don't they? Uh, look at him laughing. You know what I'm talking about. They let you get away with everything, <laughs> the grandparents. So my friends, um, in this coming year, uh, secular world marks the passage of time this evening and tomorrow, and that's a wonderful tradition. And uh, people make uh, resolutions, and I was reading a psychological report about that, and 90% of those resolutions just evaporate the way the champagne bottle does. Yeah. So let us now do that um, when it comes to resolutions around faith. Let us delve deeper into it, move more deeply into this. And uh, we'll have... Um, also coming down the pipeline is the discipleship evening, correct? And we're still working on that. We're still... Uh, so keep watch. Uh, we'll speak about it more. It'll be in the bulletin as we form that and bring that together also. Amen. Mother Church holds up as an example the Holy Family for good reason. Go and do the same. Be saintly people, for you are children of God also. Imitate them. 
to imitate them is to know and understand that unity which is known as the Blessed Trinity. So the world will mark the passage of time this evening and tomorrow. So in advance, on behalf of the deacon and myself, we wish you a blessed new year.